What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Well, early start here to Fantasy Football Today on Thursday live from Radio Row here in South Beach, Florida, home of Super Bowl 54. Got the Chiefs and the 49ers three days away from the big game. Going to find out who's going to win, who's going to be the next Super Bowl champion. And one guy that could be a Super Bowl champion one day, at least that's what we hope for you. Uh, I know, Juju, you sat down with us and you said next year you're going to see maybe one of your helmets up here. Juju Smith-Schuster of the Pittsburgh Steelers joining us here on Fantasy Football Today. Adam Azer, Heath Cummings. I'm Jamie Eisenberg. Juju, as you heard, it's a fantasy show. You are one of the rare football players, and we appreciate it, how you embrace fantasy. Talk about what fantasy football means to you and why you want to give back to the fans and make them feel welcome to play this game. Man, it means a lot, you know, for myself. Um, you know, when you see on social media, like, oh, is he playing this week? Is he not playing this week? Should I start him? Should I bench him? And, you know, when I see that, I'm like, you know, I got to know ahead of time. Like, I post on social media before the media even posts about it. Oh, Juju Smith-Schuster is playing this week. So um, I, I, it takes a huge part of, you know, my day and, and all my fans who are loyal to picking me up, you know. I mean, I like to just give back. So it's pretty cool. Does it bother you at all when you get some of the pushback of, oh, you had a bad game or, you know, you had the fumble a couple years ago and I know people got on you about that. You wanted to yeah. sure you answered that. How much does that sort of impact you as well? Uh, it, it, I mean, not so much, you know, because, like, I know – you know who's loyal, who's not with a situation like that with fantasy. Uh, it, it, it is a tough job because, you know, you got to keep it up back in your head like, wow, these people are counting on you not to win the game, but also to see, make sure you need, you know, minor points. And it's also very hard, too, because when it's Monday Night Football and you're like the last dude on your roster, like, yo, I need you this week. I need like 28 points. I'm like, bro, <laughs> it's a lot. Now, last year you did a fantasy draft and picked DeAndre Hopkins over yourself in the first round. Where are you going to draft yourself in 2020? Uh, I don't know, man. I, I, like I said, I always pick other players just because I'm a big fan of them. Right. Uh, picking uh, Hopkins was, you know, he's one of my favorite guys to watch. And, you know, the situation he's in with, uh, with Deshaun, it's amazing. Right. I like what he does every year. He balls out. So, uh, I don't, I, don't, I don't like picking myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about the Super Bowl. All right, we got a couple of talented secondaries. Certainly, San Francisco's been really good in the back end, and you actually had a big touchdown against them in week three. What can the Chiefs wide receivers expect from the 49ers secondary? Uh, man, uh, honestly, a lot of cover three, a lot of man to man. You know, playing with the vet corner like Richard Sherman, uh, this is, man, just expect, you know, that every move, every step that you take you know they're gonna be looking at that so uh for myself you know i it was a lucky play coming across the middle and you know breaking away free so uh you know hopefully the, you know the chiefs got it this game on the other side of the ball they only threw eight passes in their last game what would it be like to be a receiver only get eight passes thrown the whole game 
a lot of blocking. It's a lot of blocking. <laughs> uh, you're blocking for a very, very, very long time. So, uh, but a situation like that, man, you know, if, if it's helping to win the game, uh, be a part of it. You know, we were wondering how you would do in your first season without Antonio Brown. Obviously, the Ben Roethlisberger injury kind of threw things, you know, kind of haywire. But from what you saw, how different were the coverages comparing 2018 to 2019? Uh, it was very different. Uh, you, you know, you talk about going against the, the best corner on the opposing team, you know, seeing them wherever you go, inside, outside. And then on top of that, you get a double coverage. Um, you know, having a guy like Ben, who's a Hall of Fame quarterback, who can, you know, put you in the best situation and audibles, change of play, signals and stuff like that, you know, can help out a lot. But at the end of the day, you know, we work with what we got and, you know, we almost made it to the playoffs, but we fell short. Did the coverages change when Ben Roethlisberger got hurt? I mean, I know we're only talking about a game and a half. But did you still get that that type of star receiver treatment? Uh, I still got I still got the the star your receiver treatment, um, and it's tough, man. But at the end of the day, you gotta have uh, eleven guys working. Uh, so yeah, I know you also dealt with some injuries last year as well. So can you talk about how much that affected you on a game by game basis? I know sometimes you guys are out, but a lot of times you guys play and you're still hurt. And then what, what are you looking forward to next year when Ben's going to be healthy, you're going to be healthy, you guys can do it again? Man, honestly, that's probably one of the toughest things I've ever faced in my career. Is, uh, is, I mean, going through an injury like that for five weeks when you're out and not being able to help, help the team uh, literally kills you, you know, day in, day out. But, you know, I've learned that, you know, you got to be there mentally. you got to help the guys that mentally. you can help the guys who are on the field, uh, in the room, off the field. And, you know, hopefully next season, you know, when Ben comes back, you know, I'm just hoping that we have a dominant year, you know, with the same defense we had this past year. And I think we're going to make some noise. I asked you to do this last year when you were with us uh, on Radio Row in Atlanta. I'm going to ask you to do the same thing again. Look into that camera right there and tell the people who play fantasy what to expect from Juju Smith-Schuster in 2020. Uh, in 2020, it's your boy Juju Smith-Schuster right here. What to expect when you pick me up. Uh, a big plays, big dominate, a lot of points. Uh, Monday night, Thursday night, whatever you call it. You play Tuesday night, a lot of points coming your way. You're, uh, you're big into video games. You got something going on with Fortnite tonight. Can you talk about that, what you're doing? Yeah, so uh, big, big, big Twitch guy. You know, I'm a streamer. Uh, I, play, I do play a lot of Fortnite. And, you know, for myself, you know, gaming's always been a thing, my heart, uh, my passion. So today, uh, the Twitch streamer bow is basically playing with Booga uh, in a tournament on a 2v2. So it'll be fun. Adam, you also... Yeah, yeah. So Heath and I, we might be dating ourselves right here, but have you ever played GoldenEye 007 game on 64? I, I have. Because I have. that was like the precursor to Fortnite, Halo, all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, I think it's the best game ever, so I'm just curious, you know, what, what game you think is maybe the best game ever or, if you, you know, how you feel about that game because that is like a legendary game for people our age. Yeah, I mean... Uh... I mean, people my age, Fortnite is like the most legendary yeah, game. Yeah, right yeah. Now. But, yes. but yeah, uh, I think Fortnite is definitely up there. Uh, That's a game that I play constantly every day, man. And it's just a game where, you know, you, you can go in, create everything, play with your friends, you know, all platforms, which is awesome. I'm so intimidated by those games. Like, you see your kids play. I'm just like, I see my nephews playing, but I cannot. This is way too hard. Give me Nintendo 64. That's why you have an all-pro gamer and yeah. an all-pro wide receiver. What are you doing with uh, Bolt 24? Tell us about that. So, Bolt 24 today, uh, basically, with hydration and electrolytes, um, helps out so much. You know, Bolt 24 is off the field. Uh, I use when I'm playing video games, hanging out, you know, recovery when I'm out partying, drinking Bolt 24. And when I'm on the field competing and training, Gatorade's away. And you're not just carrying around holding the bottle. You're taking some drinks. We saw you doing that, you know, before, yeah, before our segment start. Uh, uh, Juju, before we let you go, you got a Super Bowl pick. Who do you think is going to win between the Chiefs and the 49ers? Man, I, I don't know who's going to win, but I'm, it's, the score's going to be 35-28, and somebody's going to win. I'm going to say that, that. I'm not picking no teams. Uh, so, yeah. Anybody in the game that you're looking forward to watching? Stick a player? Uh, honestly, uh, 
just to see, like you said, what, to see what the Chiefs do against that defense. I mean, it's a tough defense. I played against them. So just to see how they, they, they come out uh, with that. And then also how, uh, how I say Jimmy Guap is going to perform, you know, uh, against uh, the defense too. So so 2021, we're going to see Steelers in Tampa Bay. You representing the black and gold in the Super Bowl. <laughs> that's, the, that's the prediction, right? There you go. There you go. Juju Smith-Schuster joining us here in Fantasy Football today. We really appreciate it. Thank you for taking some time. When we come back, we're going to get into a little conversation our boys on the Pick 6 podcast had with Saquon Barkley. He's another player that embraces fantasy. We like that. We're going to talk about what uh, Saquon had to say coming up next here live from Radio Row. Welcome back to Fantasy Football Today, live here from Radio Row, coverage of Super Bowl 54. Just got through talking to Juju Smith-Schuster. He says that the Steelers are going to be in the Super Bowl 55 in Tampa Bay next year. But before we get there, we got to get you everything covered here from South Beach. And we're going to talk about a conversation that we had yesterday. Not necessarily us, but our colleagues on the Pick 6 podcast, Will Brinson and company. Dave Richards now jumping into Juju Smith-Schuster's seat. Adam Heath, um, Jamie. So... Uh, Saquon Barkley yesterday joined the guys at Pick 6, and he uh, had this to say about an injury that he played through last year. Um, no, I don't think I came back too quick. I kind of re-injured the game I did came back, I okay. came back on the sideline. But other than that, I don't think I came back too quick. I saw myself uh, after the bye week and just watching film myself and, uh, you know, just trying to be a, my, my biggest critic. Uh, I saw I was hesitant with stuff like that. Uh, okay. um, so it wasn't that I wasn't physically able to do it. It was mentally being like connecting about, the yeah, Connecting the, exactly. the ankle to the brain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Put well said. Connecting the ankle to the brain. And then uh, once, once I, like, got done with that and got over that phase i was able to get back to who i am and um you know we, we kind of got rolling a little bit at the end of the year but um now you know i'm ready to get in the offseason grind and get better and try to prove my game and uh, try to take it to another level I like that brand placement there with the fft logo right behind him uh so we know <laughs> that barkley missed uh, three games with the ankle injury the high ankle sprain and everybody thought that he'd come back too soon and then you hear him say that he re-injured the ankle and we thought you know was he playing through another injury maybe compensating for the ankle injury something with his other leg and there he addressed it so barkley's going to be one of the top five overall picks it's just a matter of where he stacks up behind christian mccaffrey i think we all have christian mccaffrey as the number one overall player going into 2020 and we're going to release our rankings uh coming up right after the super bowl next week on cbsports.com so when you hear barkley say that we know the way he finished he was awesome at the end of the season I'll start with the Giants guy here Adam so what do you think about Barkley saying that and uh, does it make you feel a bit more comfortable about him coming into the start of next year I didn't really need that to feel more comfortable about him. I think he sort of proved it at the end of the season. I, I think it was obvious. We heard the reports that he wasn't fully healthy. Now, I didn't know that he had re-injured it. That was pretty interesting. Also, the fact that he gave Will credit for making a good uh, point. We're going to be hearing about that all week from Will Brinson. But uh, I have him number two. I'm comfortable taking him number two. You know he's going to be involved in the passing game. Probably not to the degree that he was in the first eight games of his career. But I'm, I'm totally comfortable with him second overall. Dave, when you see the new coaching staff coming in, you you know, Judge as the new head coach, special teams, wide receiver coach from the Patriots. More importantly, it's obviously Jason Garrett as the office coordinator. We know what his past has been with running backs and Ezekiel Elliott Dallas. Uh, does that change anything for you about Barkley going into the next year? Nothing whatsoever. In fact, it makes me more confident. I'm glad that they're going to come in, and I think they're going to try and just build around Saquon still. I know Daniel Jones is the shiny new toy, and he's got good pass catchers in the offense, but I think it's still going to be Saquon-centric. And the way that he finished last year is proof of that. Huge fantasy game, especially 
especially in PPR, to finish 2019. So we're all singing the praises of Barkley. I'm going to let you play the other side of it. Uh, Dalvin Cook, Ezekiel Elliott, they're all obviously some other great running backs at the top behind McCaffrey. Is Barkley two for you, or do you like one of those other guys better? He's two for me at running back. I think I'd actually take Michael Thomas before him right now. The in only, PPR. In PPR. Yeah. The only thing that really scares me, and again, it gets back to the PPR, and you kind of referenced it, how much is he going to get the ball thrown to him with Daniel Jones at quarterback? Because he's not dumping the ball off like Eli Manning did. His targets per game went down. The efficiency was, like, even with the ankle injury, the efficiency was pretty similar to what he did as a rookie. He just didn't have the same volume in the pass game. So we'll see how uh, Barkley goes. Based on average draft position, like I said, we're going to release our rankings. We'll talk about that more on our Fantasy Football Today podcast. You can download that wherever podcasts are found. But Barkley, like Juju Smith-Schuster, also another player who embraces fantasy, and we love that. Here's what Barkley had to say to the Pick 6 guys yesterday. This year I got hurt a little bit, so um, I, I probably disappointed a lot of people, but I picked it up towards the end of the year for them. But, uh, yeah, I, I get that a lot. But um, you know, Is that weird? It's not weird. It's, I, think it's, I think it's awesome. Obviously, I think it could be uh, – I think we could find better ways that you could actually have the, the players interact with stuff like that also. That's yeah, a great um, call. But for me, like, I don't really pay too much attention to it, so I just, like, come off as, like, thank you. I appreciate that. And um, But, like, I'm not doing it for your points in football games. But, um, so I, I think there's probably got to be some cool, creative way we can interact with that in, in different ways. I think that's awesome. You know, I mean, we just got through, like I said, Dave, you weren't part of this, but talking to Juju, and he says he understands, you know, that there's a, a, a need for the fantasy element of the game to be part of the NFL game. And you hear Saquon saying there's a way maybe to interact better with the fans. Now, look. There are going to be people that are jerks. We understand that. We deal with that all the time ourselves. You know, when we make bad calls, uh, you know, you have to understand, these guys aren't trying to fail. They're obviously trying to be successful and put up, you know, points like Saquon said. He's trying to make, you know, he's trying to put up uh, points for his team and help his team win. So, Dave, when you hear Saquon say something like that, does that just make you appreciate him even more? Sure. And it's also just him being a smart businessman because now he knows that he can become the number one guy for a Chiefs fan or a 49ers fan or a Seahawks fan but, that drafts but gets, him to their fantasy. He gets on covers of magazines. He gets on covers of, sure. uh, of shows. I mean, it makes it, it builds his brand. Right, exactly. Oh, yeah, and that's yeah. the whole point. That's why he's excited about it and why he wants to be a big-time thing in fantasy football. And he's already going to be that no matter what happens to him. It's just the matter of fact that he knows that fantasy stirs the pot. It helps generate interest in him. It all works together. Do you think it's a, uh, maybe a generational thing? You know that you know, Saquon. You know this is going to be his third year in the league. Uh, Juju, this is his fourth year in the league. But Juju is obviously very on the uh, uh, younger side. Um, that these guys maybe grew up around it a little bit more and understand it a little bit more. Oh, one hundred percent. I mean, we're talking about Juju is going to play in a Fortnite yeah. tournament a little bit later. My my ten year old is going to be watching him. And <laughs> like, like they are so much more connected to their fans, and especially the fan, the younger ones. Yeah. And you probably have to be pretty good to be that connected to your fans because if the if the fans say mean things to the great players, like I don't even want to know what they'd say to the guys that were taken to the eighth round. I, I will say this: uh, <laughs> um, we had we had Alvin Kamara on the set as part of a, an, an HQ segment, and I asked him. You know, I, I think everybody's been watching our show. You know, I, I have these guys sort of cut promos about their their fantasy future for 2020, and uh, Kamara said, you know. I said, you know, look in the camera and say why people should draft you. And he said, I'm going to tell you why you shouldn't draft me. And don't draft me if you're going to be upset about the one or two bad games that you may have. And I think, you know, look, as much as we have Teflon and, and tough skin and, and, and all those things, you know, trying to be, you know, like we're above things, us, obviously players on a much different level. 
it still impacts them. You know, you see it all the time. And so, uh, again, I guess the message would be appreciate the guys that, that understand and want to be a part of fantasy and don't trash them when they have one or two bad games, especially the superstars. They're out there trying to do their best. Uh, it, it's really cool for our perspective when we hear players talk about their embracing fantasy. It makes, it makes, I think, the whole fantasy community just that much better. So there's me on my soapbox, and I'll, uh, I'll stop for now. When we come back, we're going to get into some uh, things that you probably want to talk about. DFS for this coming weekend for the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 54. We're going to talk about wide receivers and tight ends for the Chiefs and the 49ers. Tyree Kill is going to be probably a popular figure. What about Debo Samuel, Sammy Watkins, and such? Stay right here, Fantasy Football Today. All right. Thank you, JJ. Uh, let's talk about the 49ers offense for a second here. So Jimmy Garoppolo and the Chiefs, how they're going to defend them. We know it's been a big storyline. If the run game gets going, probably not going to see a lot of Jimmy G. If they get behind and they're chasing points, we may see a, a Garoppolo 49ers offense that we saw in that Saints game when they had a shootout and they had to throw the ball a lot. Your expectations for the passing game for San Francisco is what? I think it'll be really interesting whether he's going to try to go deep to Debo Samuel or get behind that defense. Cause that's the thing that passing games have really struggled with. He's got great options. Kyle Juszczyk, George Kittle, he can throw to the running backs. I think he'll have success there. I'm not sure they'll be able to get behind the defense. They're a yards-after-catch team. You know, it, He doesn't have to necessarily throw deep for them to have big plays. Debo and Kittle in particular can really take it the distance. So tackling is going to be a big key here. And I think that this game is going to be an early definition of Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, early in his career, because I don't think we know much about him right now. We don't know how good he is. So I believe people will formulate their opinion on Jimmy Garoppolo after this game, and then they'll keep forming it throughout his career. But this will tell us a lot about him. If it's similar to the NFC Championship game, and they just run all over the Chiefs and they win, and he's not going to be the MVP if that's the case, but he's going to have a Super Bowl victory on his resume as a starter. Does that still stay the same? Uh, Well, all I mean is I just don't think we know how good he is, and if he goes out and throws 15 passes in this game, we probably still won't know. But I think we all sort of feel like the Chiefs are going to put up points, and he's going to have to throw a little bit more. I almost feel like, Dave, I want to see that. I want to yes. see the yeah. Chiefs ahead. I want to see Garoppolo win or lose. Sorry, but, you know, win or lose. <laughs> I want to see this, too, them behind. I want to <laughs> <laughs> see Garoppolo having to make some plays, you know, in a big spot, in a big game. And I'm looking at Kyle Shanahan and what he's going to do. And the last time Kyle Shanahan was in a Super Bowl, it did not end very well for him. I think he is a master schemer. He's going to find the weaknesses in that Chiefs defense, and that's where Garoppolo will attack. So your point about them being a yards-after-catch team, 100% correct, and I think that when they do throw they're going to find openings in the zone to go ahead and make plays downfield and as we've seen with their receivers you know it's not necessarily having to catch the ball Debo Samuel's done a good job taking some carries you know some jet uh, sweeps and you know trying to get the ball in his hands a little bit differently and and, and being creative and that tends uh, takes us to our next topic here which is we're talking DFS for the game talking about the wide receivers and the tight ends we'll start with the receivers we'll start with the other side of the ball because the most popular wide receiver and the best one in this game is clearly Tyreek Hill of the Chiefs he's the most expensive wide receiver whether you're looking at FanDuel or DraftKings. $12,000 on FanDuel. That's his MVP price. $16,500 on DraftKings. The surprise is who's number two, and that's Sammy Watkins. And so when you look at Watkins, not just the number two wide receiver for the Chiefs, the number two wide receiver overall. He's the same price on both sites, FanDuel and DraftKings, $10,500. So you see Demarcus Robinson, Nicole Hardman. Those are going to be the type of guys you try to fill out your lineup with some cheaper options. But the two headliners, and I'll throw Sammy Watkins in that conversation for two reasons. One, Tyreek Hill on media night said he's the fastest wide receiver in the game. 
meaning Sammy Watkins. He's a liar. He's a liar. <laughs> Agreed. He's humble. But he did say that. But he did say that. But Tyreek Hill is is, uh, is a difference maker, and he's the type of wide receiver, type of player who can help you win a big tournament. Heath, how do you feel about playing Tyreek Hill in this game? It's just the only problem I have is like, I'd love to play Tyreek Hill in this game. It's that you really can't play Tyreek Hill and the tight ends and Patrick Mahomes, and I want to play the tight ends and Patrick Mahomes, and so I don't find myself putting Hill into the lineup. Adam's got, Adam, got, Adam right got the lineup. I got right a lineup with, with all of them. I got Kelsey as the MVPs on FanDuel. Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Kittle, and Emmanuel Sanders. It, Emmanuel Sanders could get maybe six targets, something like that. This is obviously Chiefs put up points, Niners have to throw. We'll get, we'll get to the 49ers in a second. But yeah. the, the, the Chiefs guys. Just yeah. I, well, I think the tight ends are, are the key to this game. I think Kelsey has a better game than Tyreek Hill. I think Tyreek Hill's a little bit dangerous. He hasn't had more than, I think, 71 yards in like seven straight games, but you still got to go with him. And right? This is going to draw Last, but I don't think like Sammy Watkins has 190 yards in the playoffs. He's been a lot better than Tyreek Hill the past two games. He had 10 targets against the Titans. I I think Sammy Watkins is still an okay play. Is there enough of a price difference though, or would you rather have Hill? That's the point I would make. Is that Tyreek Hill? If you're going to spend that much on a receiver, yeah. I'm going to take the one with the big play potential, not the guy that's had literally two good games. <laughs> He's had since three September. good games. And, it's and on DraftKings, if you're looking he at did. the MVP price, I, there's a there is definitely a big enough. He did have over handle. 70 yards receiving against the Texans. He had the touchdown against the Titans. It was his first touchdown since Week One. But I think the thing is, and we could start to look at if you want to throw up the uh, the 49ers prices and, and to your Emmanuel Sanders point. Sanders is entering free agency. A lot of talk about maybe Sammy Watkins not being back with the Chiefs next year. These are the type of games that earn guys big contracts. And so if Sanders goes out and has a big performance or Sammy Watkins goes out and continues to be 70 plus yards, finds the end zone again, that makes them either more coveted by the team that they're on or maybe in Sanders' case, which is probably a situation where he's going to move on because he was almost essentially a hired gun after being traded from the Broncos. That's the type of scenario I think that these guys put on themselves to go out and have big performances. Now, as we know with the 49ers scenario here is how many pass attempts are they going to get? We asked Juju Smith-Schuster, would he be comfortable with only eight passes in the game? Probably not so much. Dan Marino, we spoke to him yesterday. Could you ever imagine a scenario where you're throwing eight passes in the game? He probably did that in a half of a quarter. You know, so <laughs> that's what you know we're looking at with this 49ers passing attack. Do you feel safe at all, Dave, about trusting one of the 49ers wide receivers? Yeah, safe isn't the word, certainly, especially with Emmanuel Sanders. He has three catches this postseason, and he's had three catches or fewer now in five straight but, games. But again, the, it's, it's how you I know, view the I know game. what you're saying. If, if Garoppolo, let, let's just say Garoppolo is 30-plus pass attempts in this game. Then that would make me feel a little bit better about taking Emmanuel Sanders, but I think Debo Samuel, just his game-breaking ability and the fact that he can do that on a limited number of touches and the fact that his price is so low makes him a more appealing type of guy to go and put into your lineup. I don't have very many lineups with Emmanuel Sanders in it. Are we overlooking Kendrick Bourne a little bit too much? A little I mean, bit, just because, because of the price. I, I shouldn't say us. The, the pricing, is that are they sort of uh, undervaluing a receiver who has been such a good red zone threat for Garoppolo? He scored, I believe it's two of his last five games he's found the end zone it's going to come down to pass attempts as, as, as we'll continue to say but is Kendrick Bourne somebody that interests you yeah I am more interested in Kendrick Bourne than any other 49ers wide receiver so yeah I guess you'd have to like I like the way they use him in the red zone and he's priced cheaper than those guys I don't there's not a safe San Francisco wide receiver even Debo Samuels had like three games all year when George Kittle's played that he's had more than six targets so even their number one wide receiver is not safe so I'll play the cheapest one so you say what you just said about you'd rather have Kendrick Bourne but just all things being equal, right? Like I have this FanDuel lineup with Kelsey, Mahomes, Hill, and Kittle, and then I can either have Emmanuel Sanders or Kendrick Bourne. I'm going to take Sanders. They're $500 apart. Are you saying you, the value of Bourne is the best, or you just, you, you're not going to like him more than 
than Debo. But what about Sanders? I would play Kendrick Bourne over Emmanuel Sanders. Okay. Like but, if, but not over Debo, in, in right? That, Debo no, would be your not favorite. Not over Debo. Just right, right. Price, right. price independent. Exactly. The right. problem that I have with it is that Bourne only plays about a quarter of the snaps, whereas the other guys, you know they're on the field a ton. If I'm going to punt at wide receiver, I'm going to McCole Hardman, who's playing about a third of the time. I think the one thing, though, again, this is kind of site-dependent because you see here it's $500 different on FanDuel. It's, right. you know, $1,800 different on DraftKings. And so it's a little bit more appealing to face yeah. Kendrick Bourne in that format. And that brings up a point, and Adam said this at the beginning of the week when he looked at the FanDuel. He's like, I can play anybody I want to. And that's not the case over on DraftKings, so you're much more likely to have to look for a wide receiver like Kendrick Bourne on DraftKings than you are on FanDuel. All right, so let's go now to the tight ends, and this is the two headlining uh, players in their respective offenses. No you know, disrespect to uh, some of these other guys, but in terms of matchup versus matchup, you're not going to get a better elite player versus elite player with Kelsey versus Kittle. The pricing reflects the production of late DraftKings, as you see, giving Kelsey more value. Same thing with FanDuel, although it's a little bit closer. And again, that's the MVP pricing for those two guys. I'll say the same thing that we just talked about. If you expect the 49ers to be throwing and being in this game from a passing standpoint, maybe chasing points, does it make it more appealing to use George Kittle? Oh, 100%. And I, I think it's hard for me to build a lineup without both of these guys because I, they're the number one pass catcher on their team. And I do think we're going to see Jimmy Garoppolo throw 30-plus passes, and that's going to mean a 100-yard day for George Kittle. I love them. I'm both, both of these teams struggle against tight ends. I mean, the Chiefs haven't even faced that many good ones this year, and they rank in the bottom 10 or 11 against tight ends. The Niners are, I think, top 10 in fantasy points, but every time we've seen them face a good tight end, they've pretty much struggled. So I think these guys both have big games, and uh, they're well, well, well worth the price. Chiefs have allowed a touchdown to a tight end in three straight games. That's enough to go with George Kittle in every single lineup that I've got. Kelsey also is going to get a lot of targets, and I think that the way that the Niners are going to play against him is use his own defense, not get beat deep. That means underneath things will be open for Kelsey to rack up a lot of catches. I've got to get both these guys in my lineup. It's fun. You know, I, I spent media night listening. Both guys were on podiums, listening to both of them. I asked Kelsey about Kittle, you know, and he, you could just hear the mutual respect for each guy, you know, just in how they respect what each of them has done. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun to see. I hope to see both these guys going back and forth because their personalities are so much fun to watch. Kittle, in particular, is a huge wrestling fan. And he said if he scores, he's going to have a wrestling-style touchdown celebration. Yes. The one thing that he did say was he's a huge Stone Cold fan. So he said <laughs> maybe we're going to see the Stone Cold Stunner in some capacity in a touchdown celebration. And then, as we know, Kelsey with the, the, the Dougie and everything that he likes to do should be really fun. So everybody's playing one of the tight ends in their lineup for sure. Two of them. Playing both. Yep. Playing both. You're playing both. Which means that if you want to be contrarian, play neither. <laughs> oh, I'm not playing either one them. because uh, I want to steal your guys' money. <laughs> So we're looking at the wide receivers here, the tight ends. Uh, any sort of stacking going on with um, Hill and Kelsey, Debo and, and Kittle? Is there is there a strategy to doing that in terms of the receivers and the tight ends with both these teams? I think you probably want one from each side. I mean, we're going to play Kittle and Kelsey, and then I'm looking at one of the wide receivers, and it's whichever quarterback you're playing. If you're playing Garoppolo, yep. then you play Debo and Kittle. If you're playing Mahomes, then you play probably Sammy and Kelsey, unless you're Adam Azer, and then you can play all of them. Yeah, but I do think if you want to go contrarian, Watkins would make sense over Hill. Right. I just don't know if the price is um, cheap enough. But I see, like, Tyreek Hill has not quite been the same since he came back from that injury against the Chargers. He didn't miss any games. He came, left early in that game. Since then, like I said, I don't think he's been over 71 yards, which is weird. And he's only had double-digit targets twice this season. It happened five or six times last season. I know he missed some games, but not quite. I still love him. 
I'm just trying to make a contrarian point that Watkins, if you want to stack, would be the contrarian play. And well, and, and neither of those guys are going to be on my teams. I've set five lineups on DraftKings. Neither one of Watkins nor Tyreek Hill are there. But Mahomes is, and Kelsey is. That's where I think this game's going for Kansas City. All right, so not just uh, DFS talk here on Fantasy Football Today. We also have some props that we want to take a look at here with the wide receivers and the tight ends as well. And so we'll pull those up on the screen. You can take a look here, and we'll get into uh, some of what the fun things that you could be making some wagers on if, in fact, you want to uh, take a look at some of these scenarios here. So here's what we got. The Super Bowl props for the uh, Kansas City wide receiver Tyreek Hill receiving yards over under 73.5. Which way are you going on that one? Uh, just barely under. Yeah, I'm going to take the under. It's, it's been seven games that he's been under, and this team, the Niners, do not give up big pass plays, so I'll take the under. Same. Under on everything, I do think he can score a touchdown. I think he scores a touchdown. So plus 110 on that. Yeah. I think I'd just take under on everything, and I'd probably go no on the touchdown. No on the touchdown, which lends itself to not playing Tyreek Hill in right. DFS as well. Next prop that we're looking at here, as we continue to uh, take a look at these on uh, the, for the game on, on Sunday. Sammy Watkins, so receiving yards, 15 and a half. He's been over 70 in both games in the playoffs. I like the over on this more than I like either side of Tyreek Hills. Same. I'm so confused because I want to say the under on Watkins, but I think that Mahomes is going to have a huge day. So I, I'm going to take the under. Just I, I'm a Kelsey guy, so, so I'll take the under. So we're going under 120 total yards for Sammy Watkins and Tyreek Hill for you, but you still like Mahomes. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense, does it? So Demarcus Robinson and <laughs> David Williams. Williams. Travis Kelsey have like 115 yards. Damian Williams have about 50 receiving. I think we can get there. If they go to 120 total, that'll be nice. Uh, longest reception, 20 and a half. What would you do? Over. He's, he's had a 20-yard catch each of his two games. Yeah, I'm going to take the under. No, he's had a 40-yard catch each of his last two games. All right, let's go to Demarcus Robinson here. Uh, 20 and a half receiving yards. Where are we going with that one? It's so frustrating because you know he's going to get three or four targets, and he's just had the dropsies lately and hasn't uh, been able to haul him in. So up and down. I I like the over on this one for sure, and I like the over on the receptions as well. I better take the over before I change my Super Bowl pick. (laughs) Take the over. (laughs) Score a touchdown. Yes, plus 375. No, no, minus 500. I'm taking the no on that one. I kind of like that value. Yeah, no for me. Uh, yeah, I'll say no as well. Next prop we're talking about here from Demarcus Robinson. Should be fun to see uh, how Debo Samuel Debo. does. 54 and a half on the receiving yards. Dave? I've been taking the over on this every single week and getting burned, but I'm going to keep doing it. I do think that the 49ers are going to have to throw a good amount in the game, and I think Debo Samuel can get the job done. He'll get at least 60 yards. Adam score touchdown. Yes, plus 160. No, minus 190. I'm going to say no. Minus 190. Yeah, I, th- I think I agree with you. Um, yeah. On the receiving yards, I was just looking at it. I think he's got three games all year with George Kittle. We went over 54 yards. Here's a question. Yeah. It has not happened yeah. much. Is it score a touchdown, any type of touchdown, yeah. or yeah. catch a touchdown? Rush, rush counts. Because you know that he gets a bunch of rushing that, touchdowns. Uh, I'm still going to say no. Can I do a parlay on props? I do not know. All right, well, let's do it. Let's have fun. And let's go pretend. under four and a half. Over 54 and a half and no touchdown. It's going to have like a one big play, but like three catches, 68 yards, no touchdown. All right, let's write that Bam. one down there. As there we go. Out to uh, <laughs> Emmanuel Sanders here and the props for him. Should be interesting on these as well because the 49ers passing game has been very nondescript because the run game has been so fantastic. So receiving yards over under 42 and a half. Heath? That is, these numbers are so low and I still don't want to go over on them. It's, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm going under. I, 
I would take the over just because I have like a gut feeling he's in my DFS lineups, but I think the smart play is the under, but I'll take the over. He's been over 42 and a half yards three times with the 49ers. It's really, really tough to take that and feel good but about it. But two of those were when they had to throw. It was the Arizona game, right? I think his first game there. And yeah, the Arizona game. was Saints. one. Yeah. Saints was another, and then he had 61 yards against the Rams. And another game time. where the Rams scored 30 points against him. So Yeah. I'm, I'm changing it. I'm going over. Yeah, see, I, I told you. <laughs> Emmanuel Sanders could be a very sneaky place. And if you're going to do that, then over two and a half catches should well, also sure. be. Yeah, I like that one even more. There's another parlay for you. Uh, score a touchdown, yes, plus 240. No, minus 300. I, I'd I, rather take the no on D. In, in two of those games, he scored against the Saints, scored against the I'm not going to touch either one of those. I would like if, if it were plus 300 or something, I'd probably go yes. Well, of course but plus 240 yeah. is not quite enough for me because Kittle's going to score all four touchdowns. So. <laughs> I'll say no. (laughs) Let's take a look at some more props here as we're uh, keeping you up to date on what's happening with Super Bowl 54. Kendrick Bourne. Jamie, you can take all the overs here. Uh, I would take the the score touchdown. That's it. Plus plus 260. I mean, I think, you know, if he's going to make anything... Of a splash play, it's going to probably be as a red zone threat. He was at uh, on media night. He had he had sunglasses on. He was really embracing the moment. You know, uh-huh. he was uh, he was enjoying being one of the stars on the floor, not one of the guys on on the podium. Was uh, he born for this? He was. Uh, he he has an identity for this. Yes. He has. <laughs> uh, over two and a half receptions, plus one fifty, under minus one eighty. Heath, um, I'll go under. I think he's only catching one pass for twenty yards, and he's going to score. So under on everything but the touchdown. You know, if they're going to throw a lot in this game, he's going to get involved. He's their number three receiver. It's just a matter of whether or not he can catch the ball three times. He's done that maybe five times this year. I think the under two and a half catches is probably the safer way to go. Some fun ones here now as we move on to the tight ends. George Kittle, and we'll see what his props are for Super Bowl 54. Adam's already over. taking the over yeah, on everything. It's over. Scoring a touchdown. Oh, 74 and a half receiving yards. Going over under on that one, Adam. Oh, first score a touchdown. we got to get to that. Uh, I will take the over. I think he will have a 100-yard game. Five and a half receptions. Minus 160, plus 140 to go under. Heath? That's a lot of receptions if Jimmy G only throws eight passes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll go over. I'll go over. He's going to throw over there. It's got to be an over. All right, score a touchdown. Yes, plus 250. No, I mean, everybody's going to put that their money on right. Yes. He's, go- he's right. going to score. That is, are you, that's score three touchdowns. Let's plus go to a break. Play. I need to get... Yeah, right. I got to go to Vegas. Right. He's scoring. And I also like over the 24 and a half long reception because he's such a good yards after catch monster. He has yet to score in the playoffs. Eh, Garoppolo's going to throw more in this game than he did in the first two combined. Okay. So Chiefs uh, playing with the lead. You think he's going to score a touchdown? Uh, Of course. Absolutely. I think George Kittle and Travis Kelsey. This this is a game that's meant for them. This is a spotlight game where stars shine. And let's take a look at Travis (laughs) Kelsey's props as well as we wrap this up. The last remaining star, the Chiefs tight end, over under receiving yards, 77 and a half. Adam's already said he's going to go over that, so everybody agree? Yes. Yep. Okay. Uh, six and a half receptions, I think that's an easy one. Plus 105, minus 125. Where are you going? We're going over. That's an easy one. I mean, I'm even getting a little I don't know about here. that. I think you could end up with six catches. You I'd avoid get that one. by the hook. Can you buy that one down to six flat? Maybe, <laughs> maybe lay 150 for I'd that. I would do that, that one. And then score a touchdown. Minus 110, yes. Minus 110, no. See, no this value. is where I thought Kittle's touchdown right, would yeah. be at. That's why I'm so shocked that Kittle's number is what it is. I think he can score. You you would probably play the yes over the no. I would. I would play the yes over the no. I don't like that value. All right. So there's some props for you. We're going to get 
into more props, more DFS on Friday when we really break down this game completely. Every position covered. If you've been watching us all throughout the week, we've talked about quarterbacks, running backs, now wide receivers and tight ends. But we have more Super Bowl 54 coverage coming up next for you here live from Radio Row in South Beach. We're going to talk to a couple of defensive stars around the NFL. I'm just going to leave that as a tease. You don't want to miss this. They're going to talk some offense as well. It's going to be a lot of fun here from Radio Row, site of Super Bowl 54. Welcome back to Fantasy Football Today. Uh, we got some moving parts going on here on Radio Row as a special guest is joining us last minute. One of the superstars of the NFL is going to be coming up on set, Melvin Gordon, as he uh, heads into free agency. As of right now, running back for the Los Angeles Chargers, but he's taking some time to join us. We're going to get him mic'd up, so I'm just going to talk for a little bit here as uh, I'm on set here with uh, Adam Azer and Heath Cummings. And uh, surprise, joining us is uh, Melvin Gordon. Melvin, you didn't expect to be up here with us. We didn't expect to have you up here, but uh, we love you. You're going to be part of the cast of characters joining us on Radio Row to a tongue of Iloa, Von Miller, Russell Wilson, DeAndre Hopkins. I'm excited to talk to uh, DeAndre about the Texans offense and where he stacks up in terms of fantasy. Melvin, uh, you were on our set last year. I asked you. It's one of the most viral videos we've ever had. So I'm going to ask you just right off the bat to do it right again. Look into the camera right there. I know you don't know exactly where you're playing yet for 2020, but that camera right there. Look into that camera as we come on set and tell everybody who plays fantasy football why they should draft you next year. Uh, well, you should draft me next year because I won't be sitting out training camp <laughs> and I won't be holding out, you know, so we can get the touchdowns early. You know, I, uh, you know, Missed four games, started slow, still ended with nine. You know, so, you know, I, I finished a full season, start a full season. You can only expect more points. So, Melvin, take us through last year. I mean, obviously very frustrating, I'm sure, because you didn't get the, the contract you were, you were searching for. You had to hold out. You came back. I know it wasn't the most successful season for you as comparatively to years past. But how do you head into uh, free agency? How do you feel right now? You feel confident? You feel comfortable? You know, is yeah. things, things uh, headed in the right direction for what you are? What um, definitely confident. Um, you know, been training, still been getting after it. Um, you know, just want to stay ready and prepared. Um, you know, it, it was it was it was a long off season last year for me, uh, too long. Uh, you know, to be honest, but uh, you know, it's part of the game, and uh, you know, I'm just excited that you know. I get to go back into training camp and I get to come back when everyone comes back and, and just be ready to go and have a season that I want to have. Um, you know, unfortunately, you know, all the stuff that happened, I feel like it kind of took away from my hard work, hard work and offseason that I had. You know, I, you know, I had goals to, you know, to win a Super Bowl, VMVP. That was my motivation for the offseason. And then, you know, you know, that kind of just dwindled away, you know, with the holdout. But, uh, you know, just having a fresh start and just coming back, showing people, you know, that I'm, that I'm the man. This may sound a little obvious, but I'd love to get your insight on it. Can you tell us specifically what was so hard about playing after holding out, after not having the training camp? And you mentioned you got off to the slow yeah. start. What was the adjustment like? Well, it's just like, you know, it's, you, you don't have any preseason games. You know, it's, you know I, I didn't have any training camp. Uh, you can do as much as you want, you know, on a field by yourself. Um, but it's not the same as practicing out there with those guys. The footwork is off. Everything is off. Your timing with the O-line is off. And people don't understand how important that is. It's like, it's, like I said, it's not like I'm just jumping right into preseason. I'm jumping right into the fire where these games actually matter. You know, the game and the season, everything is on the line. So, you know, you have to come in and be on it right away. And it just took a little time to kind of just get my feedback wet. You know, back in 2016, 2017, you were over 300 touches both of those years. The last two years, you've shared a little bit more with Austin Eckler. When you yeah. look for your situation in 2020, 
you in a bell, bell cow roll again, or are you okay being one of those tandems? I mean, I like to be bell cow roll. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to sugarcoat it none, but um, Austin definitely is a great player. Right. Um, you know, he definitely helps, you know, spells me when I come out. Um, you know, I don't think the talent drops, you know, too much at all. Um, he's a great player at what he do. Anything a coach asks him to do, he goes and do it. So I'll never knock him for, you know, for being an you know, undrafted guy coming in and making a name for himself. Um, but I definitely don't like to share the ball if I don't have to. <laughs> Melvin, I, I, obviously uh, a big story the last couple of weeks is, is Phillip Rivers and maybe not coming back to Los Angeles. I, I know that you may have also parted ways with them depending on how free agency goes. But yeah. can you just talk about Phillip's legacy if, in fact, he does not come back to the Chargers and what he meant to that organization? Yeah, I mean, he means everything to the organization. Um, you know, Hall of Famer, he's going to get that gold jacket. I don't care what no one says. You know, he's so he's you know, he's he's a great player, man, and uh, you know, even better man off the field. Um, you know, he does everything the right way. He's the same guy every day. Um, you know, he gets fiery, but you know, it's just it's just who he is. You learn to deal with it. Um, he's like that in practice. You know, what you see is what he is. And uh, you know, you appreciate guys that just come to work. Um, with all the success he's had, you know, throughout his career. Um, to come to work every day and still, you know, not take it for granted, you know, means a lot to the young players coming in. It means a lot to, you know, you know, the guys like me. Um, he definitely helps pave the way and, and show exactly how and what needs to be done to get there. Melvin, we appreciate you taking some time to join us here on yeah. Fantasy Football Today. We wish you continued success, and we're looking forward to your next stop, whether it's back with the Chargers or in your future with another team. Thank you so Thank much for taking time here. And draft me now, don't you? Know? 100%. Melvin Gordon joining us here on Fantasy Football Today. When we come back, we're going to talk to another great player in the NFL. Kyle Van Noy is going to join us up here on the set at Radio Row, part of Super Bowl 54. Welcome back to Fantasy Football Today, live here from Radio Row, South Beach, Miami, as we're bringing you the coverage of Super Bowl 54, going to be three days away, Chiefs and 49ers, going to get the next Super Bowl champion, and we're going to hopefully give you some options to make you fantasy champions in the year 2020. Got a lot of guests coming through here on Radio Row, it's been a fun and exciting week so far, here's what we have coming up today on CBS Sports HQ. We're going to spend quite a bit of time with one of the more interesting draft prospects, Tua Tunga-Vailoa, going to be on set here. Von Miller will be joining us as part of our Fantasy Football Today coverage coming up very soon. Russell Wilson will be part of the Pick 6 crew. And DeAndre Hopkins is going to be on set with us here on CBS Sports HQ. I'm looking forward to talking to DeAndre about some of the wide receivers around the NFL. On Friday, lots of more stars to talk to. Joining us will be Derrick Henry, rushing champion from 2019 of the Tennessee Titans. Christian McCaffrey, arguably the best fantasy player in 2019, will be on CBS Sports HQ set. Taysom Hill, one of the more frustrating fantasy options, (laughs) as we are well aware, will be joining us. As will James White, a South Florida kid, taking some time to uh, walk around Radio Row, talk about the Patriots, maybe talk about Tom Brady and his future. The Pick 6 crew... They come to you live here from Radio Row every day at 2 p.m. Eastern. The Pick 6 Podcast, Will Brinson, Ryan Wilson, John Breach. Those guys have a lot of fun. And they also help us out as we uh, got that interview from Saquon Barkley that they had yesterday. So lots of uh, lots of good stuff coming out of there. And uh, hopefully you've gotten lots of good stuff from us 
as part of fantasy football today. We are awaiting Kyle Van Noy, linebacker for the New England Patriots. Uh, but before he joins us, let's talk about some of the fantasy futures of the guys in the game. We'll look at the quarterbacks here for the Chiefs and the 49ers. Patrick Mahomes, really the only question is, is he one or is he two? And the question would be in comparison to Lamar Jackson. So who's your number one quarterback for next year, assuming there's no injuries for either guy between now and uh, come next August? I'm going to hedge, which would be surprising if you know me. Um, yeah, I think it's six points per pass touchdown leagues. It's Patrick Mahomes. And in four points, it's Lamar Jackson. And pretty easily, really. I really think he separates himself in that format. But when you're looking at a standard CBS league, I just am a lot more trusting that Mahomes is going to be able to repeat at least what he did this year and probably something closer to what he did in between this year and last year. So I'll take Mahomes number one. Not surprising that you hedge. Not surprising that I'm going to make you unhedge. So I've played in a five-point per passing touchdown league. <laughs> so who do you got, Mahomes or Jackson? Um, I will go with Mahomes still. Okay. I- I'll take Jackson in any format. I just think the you saw what happened. He played poorly in the playoff game. So what did he do? Went to his legs. Ran all over the place. That kind of floor really helps. So I'm going to take Lamar Jackson. You just have to wonder how much the rushing will start to decline. It'll be a slow decline, but it'll start to decline. You know, I don't think he's yeah. going to be over 1,000 yards again. That's hard to replicate. It's going to be hard for him to be over 3,000 yards and 1,000 yards rushing because he's the only one that's ever done that before. So as the passing continues to improve, does the rushing come back enough? Right now I'm going with Mahomes. I've gone back and forth on this already in the uh, month that we've been in the offseason, just looking at what Mahomes still has as a ceiling as we saw in 2018 when he was the MVP. The other quarterback... In this game, Jimmy Garoppolo, we've talked about this quite a bit today. We really don't know how good he is. Uh, That's not a knock on him by any stretch because he's gotten his team to the Super Bowl. Um, But as a fantasy quarterback, we don't know where the ceiling lies. Adam, you've been very much in favor of Jimmy Garoppolo going into each of the last two years as part of the draft process, uh, suffered the torn ACL in 2018, but was off to a good start and didn't necessarily have to do a lot of heavy lifting yeah. in 2019 because of his ground game. Where does Jimmy Garoppolo sort of fall for you? So I'm really pro Kyle Shanahan. And I, the number that stands out with Garoppolo and even last year with the backup quarterbacks is yards per attempt. He's very good at yards per attempt. And he does that without throwing the ball downfield that much. The system is so good. I don't think you draft him right now. I mean, a lot of people would draft him because people take more quarterbacks than we do. But if you're comfortable having just one and playing the waiver wire, and and even if you want to, I'm not sure he's a top 20 guy. They just don't throw the ball enough. Um, If they add another wide receiver, even if they lose Emmanuel Sanders, maybe that changes. But I I think you leave him on waivers and you see what happens. He's a matchup guy. But even in good matchups, he he could throw... 20 times, you know, so it's tough. I don't think you draft him. I can't believe you're saying not to draft Jimmy G after all the love. I know. You know. I'm actually probably going to argue just a little bit because I do think the nice thing about Garoppolo is we stream quarterbacks based on matchups a lot of times. For him, it's not so much the matchup of the other defense. It's when does he play offenses that can score yeah. against them. And he'll have some games like that. And when they do, he's going to throw and he's going to have fantasy success. So if you're going to carry two quarterbacks, I don't mind him being one of those guys because you'll know when to start him. Rams yeah, three off- times a year. Rams <laughs> offense is still successful. Just looking at the division, you know, hopefully yeah. still successful. Cardinals offense getting better. True. Seahawks offense still very good. Running backs uh, for these two teams, um, very much uh, in flux. You know, just looking at some of the... Uh, potential moves that could be made. So for the Chiefs, you got Dar- uh, Damian Williams, LaShawn McCoy, Darwin Thompson. Most likely McCoy is gone. Could be a scenario of Williams and Thompson sharing the ball. How do you look at those guys, Adam? Uh, Kansas City, I think I don't trust them. To, even if Damian Williams has another big game, I don't trust them to give him huge work. Cause what if I told a, you 16 games of Damian Williams? How would you feel? Third-round pick. You know, I, I think people in the second round would be reaching a little bit because they just are going to want to keep him healthy, and he won't get that workload that he might deserve on a per-touch basis. I just don't think the touches will really be there. 
Yeah, he's a top 20 running back if he plays 16 games, I would expect, and he might be a top 12 guy in PPR. I do think there's a little bit of, and we saw it with Aaron, the Packers and Aaron Jones. They got to the playoffs, and all of a sudden we're giving Aaron Jones all of the work. Well, you can do that in the playoffs because you're not worried about him lasting the entire season. So I think he'll share more at the beginning of the season. But to come the fantasy playoffs, if he's healthy, he could be a league-winning back. My biggest fear about Damian Williams coming into the season was his durability. He didn't stay healthy in Miami when he got the feature role. He didn't stay healthy last year uh, coming into until the final stretch run. And as we saw this year, did not exactly play out the way that we hoped if we were drafting him. We're going to take a break from our discussion of the future outlooks for the players in this game because we're joined now by one of the best in the business. Uh, Patriots linebacker Kyle Van Noy and Patriots linebacker for now as we know that you are entering free agency. Uh, Kyle, thank you for taking Sorry, the time. Sorry, can we? I, I want to <laughs> like... Oh, uh, listen, switch the helmet. <laughs> no, it's okay. You can, you can do whatever you want. Uh, you can tear the set apart if you want to. Uh, we might make you pay for it after you sign that next big deal. Uh, so you told NBC Sports Boston, I'm looking obviously to get paid a lot. That's a quote from yeah. you unless they misquoted you. They, did, gonna... they, missed, they missed a couple things in uh, there. Okay, uh, but let me ask you about just entering free agency. What's your thoughts on now uh, deciding your own future? Is it, you know, you want to return to the Patriots? Are you looking for the best opportunity for yourself and your family? How are you approaching it? That, you know, that's a very good question. For me personally, I want to do what's best for my family, and I would love to stay in New England. It's going to be home forever. I've won Super Bowls there now, and the fans have embraced me like their own. I feel like I'm a Bostonian at heart. Uh, the food, the culture, everything. I'm great. I'm 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 in I'm in it with them when I go to the Bruins games, the Celtics games. So I'm very, very confident that, you know, in that regards of staying at home, that would be an honor to finish out my career with the New England Patriots. But at the end of the day it's a business. Uh I feel like my game has uh, been very consistent the last couple of years, and I want to continue that if it's with them or with someone else. We have to ask you, obviously, I'm sure the question you're being asked a lot, another free agent for, uh, for the New England Patriots, Tom Brady. What's your expectations for him? I've been saying Boston? some wild stuff today. <laughs> I, it, I, it, I right. said he's going to retire. <laughs> I said he's going to the Raiders, to the Miami Dolphins, uh, all sorts of stuff, just to, just to get him to have to answer questions. So you're welcome, Tom. Um, but I honestly don't know. I don't think he knows. I think – at the end of the day, he needs to do what's best for his family, and I hope that is to stay with New England. I would love to see him uh, uh, finish his career out in New England. I don't think anyone's been able to do that in their entire career at his legend status, and I think it would be an honor for the NFL to get that, and the fans would appreciate it, I think. I think it would be cool. We're going to talk about the Super Bowl a little bit. You've played the Chiefs three times in the last two years. Yeah. What did you guys try to do to slow this offense down? That's a tough question. <laughs> I, I, Andy Reid is so good. I don't think people realize how good he is. I know, you know, the stats, and but his intricacies of what he does in a play and how to identify if it's zone or man is unlike anyone else. And... The Niners are going to have their hands full, but, you know, I, I sent a couple tips to middle linebacker Fred Warner's my guy. I sent him a few tips of what to look for. I think if they get a couple stops with how their offense is running the football, I think, I think they have a good chance of winning. What's the key, Kelsey or Hill, or, or neither? 
I think you need your safety to man up Kelsey. I, I don't think you double him. I mean, we watched that in the Texans game, what happened when they doubled him. I think you have to live with your safety, playing man-on-man. I don't think zone, for me, to me, it, is the right way to go. I think you got to get up in their face, get them at the line, can't let them off the line, and play defense like that and not in a zone. But that's me. The Niners are going to play zone. They're a cover three team, and you just got to rely on that pass rush. Hopefully they get home to that man. If not, you're going to have a long day playing backyard football. That's the key, right? So you mentioned Fred Warner, linebacker for the 49ers. You're close with him. Uh, what's this week been like for him? You know, He must yeah. be, he must be- fairly excited right yeah yeah he he's very excited i'm happy for him he's got a lot of juice just like i feel like their whole team does for me this is kind of different being on you know the non-stressful side of things sitting back and talking about the game but for him the most what i told him was have fun with the process this is going to be a long process focus on playing ball and everything will take care of itself you're here as part of uh, Nationwide. Can you talk about what you're doing? Yes. With them? So Nationwide is the presenting sponsor of the Walter Payton Man of the Year, and I'm I'm here to talk about it. My foundation, the Vanoy Valor Foundation, we work with adoption, uh, youth in the community, as well as uh, foster care, and we just try to strengthen them with success. And with Nationwide, I hope I'm the winner of this year's Walter Payton, the Man of the Year. It's a it's a great honor. I'm one of 32 uh, nationwide since 2014. Have uh, donated to different uh, charities and different organizations 1.2 million so i hope to take that next step with them with winning this award take it nationally my wife and i and and try to get as much love out there as we can thank you for everything you do for the uh the community up there in new england and for everything you're doing as part yeah, of the thank you. Payton win in the week i appreciate it thanks gotta, for having me on i wish i had my laptop to give you some more numbers you got, <laughs> you got a super bowl pick before we let you go yeah yeah you said you want a super bowl yeah, pick yeah. great i would love that Give us one. Well, Your Super Bowl pick. Oh, Your my pick. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. sorry. I was like, a Super Bowl pick. Uh-huh. Well, he has picture. Fred Warner winning MVP. So, he does. So, yeah. Oh, nice. yeah. That's a good pick. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Niners. I think they have just enough juice to get it done. But Andy Reid's offense is dangerous. There you go. Playing both sides. Uh-huh. Yeah. Spoken like a man entering free. Yeah. He's trying to make sure everybody is happy. We yeah. I like Kyle that. Van Noy joining us here on Fantasy Football Today. We appreciate it. When we come back, we're going to talk to another great defensive player. Von Miller is going to join us here on Fantasy Football Today. Stay right here. Coming back soon with one of the best in the business from the Denver Broncos. We're going overtime here on Fantasy Football Today. Not just an hour as we usually do. Got some extra time because we have one of the best in the business joining us here as we take a look at some shots from lovely South Beach, lovely Miami home of Super Bowl 54 where a new champion will be crowned on Sunday when the 49ers and Chiefs meet. And uh, there you see a guy that you recognize down at the end, Von Miller of the Denver Broncos. Somebody knows plenty about the Super Bowl. Dave Richard, Heath Cummings, I'm Jamie Eisenberg. So, Von, talk about Super Bowl 50, what that memory was like for you. Uh, I know you like to be playing in that game again, but I'm sure taking yourself back to that moment was probably pretty special. Well, I just remember being confident in our, in our team. Um, in our scheme and um, and what we're trying to accomplish. It was the one game out of my whole entire career that I wasn't nervous. And um, I think it had to do with the two weeks building up to the Super Bowl and just a great game plan. You know, I felt pretty confident in that game. You were nervous every other game that you played? Every other game, I'm, I'm, I'm on the verge of throwing up. But that was the <laughs> one game that I was I was ready to go and I was sure. And um, 
I think it, I think it showed. I got to find a way to do that every game. Uh, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure your coaching staff would probably like that. I'm sure you would as well. Uh, probably nobody knows. Uh, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid from an opponent's perspective as well as you do. Uh, just talk about what it's like to face that offense, and is there a way to slow down what they do consistently? Man, it's tough. They're, they're going to score points. They're going to move the ball. Um, you have to have um, your offense on the other side of the ball to play well, and you got to have a great defense. And I think the 49ers are just built for success. they got five um, first-rounders on the defensive line. Secondary is experienced, and they can move the ball. You know, we saw them move the ball without even passing their last game. So, um, I'm I'm pretty uh, confident in the 49ers, but you never know in the Super Bowl. So, take me through what it's like to defend a team that runs the ball as well as 49ers do. And I know you didn't play the Niners this mm-hmm. year, but you've scrimmaged against them in the past, yep. and you've played against a lot of teams that like to run the football. The preparation that goes into that, and then the actual execution on the field. Um, we uh, we practice against the 49ers um, in a training camp. Mm-hmm. in the preseason and they're just a solid team from left tackle to right tackle to the running backs and the tight ends and um jimmy g is just so smooth and they, the running game is 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 excellent any little hold and the running backs will find it so they got a, they got a great team they got a great scheme this is your first year playing for vic fangio what was it like transitioning to his defense and then what was he like as a head coach coach fangio is a, he's a great teacher and i think um that's that's first and foremost um i'm excited to be in his defense and his system for his second year and um you know, we got a lot of young guys on the team, and all those young guys that have a little bit more experience, and we have more experience with Coach Fangio, and I feel like that is showing the football field. You know, I spent some time with Cortland Sutton already this offseason, and he told me Vic is just no nonsense. Like, he walks nope. right into meetings, and yeah. he just gets right into it. No pleasantries, no nothing. But you talked about the young guys on the team, and I got to ask about Drew Locke. You've seen more of him than we have. Mm-hmm. Tell me what his future's like, how you see him prog- – how did you see him progress, rather, from rookie when he came in, first training camp, toward the end of the season when he's starting every game? I mean, he was a, he was a star from day one. Um, we had Joe and, you know, had guys in, in front of him. And, you know, he was a rookie. But he, he learned and he picked up on the on the offense and how, and how to play on the National Football League. He picked it up super fast. And I think his confidence really stands out. You got guys that play in the league 10, 12 years that don't have the type of confidence and swagger that he has. So I think that will take him a long way. You got three other young guys on that offense, Philip Lindsay, Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant. Our job is to project the next breakout. Which one of those guys is going to break out in 2020? Noah Fant. Yeah. Noah yeah. Fant, he's good. He's a good, smooth player. I think that was uh, one of the best picks that we got last year, him and Dalton Reisner. And, you know, he's uh, going to have experience as well. And um, I'm excited to play on the same uh, team as these guys next year. Want to want to play a little game with you here, just okay. uh, as as one of the best defensive players in the NFL. So, uh, let's start with uh, your favorite quarterback to sack. Um, I like sacking them all. I mean, I, I, I really do. I really like sacking them all. I just like doing my job, and you know, my job is to sack the quarterback. So it, it really doesn't matter who I'm going against. But is I there like, is there one guy? You know, Tom Brady because he's a legend. Mahomes because he's a rising star. Is there one guy like uh, when you hit him, you're like, man, that feels good. <laughs> Man, they all feel good, you know, especially like when you get a guy like Mahomes or, you know, Tom Brady. You know, they all feel good, though. Favorite running back to hit? I know people don't realize how great you are in the run game, but favorite running back to just stick and put on the ground? Man, those guys, they, they're running harder and harder every year. I don't really like – I don't have a favorite running back to hit. You know, they, they, they're doing all the hitting nowadays. What's the toughest offense that you face? Probably the Chiefs. You know, they just got so many different weapons. Every route is open on every single play. Kelsey is playing unbelievable. Tyreek Hill is too, and we all know about Patrick Mahomes. It's, the Chiefs are super tough. Toughest offensive lineman to face? Uh, probably Mitchell Schwartz and uh, Eric Fisher. Those guys are, are pretty good. Mitchell Schwartz is a savvy vet. He's been playing well for a very long time, and you know he's uh, he's definitely hard to beat. Offensive lineman who holds you the most? 
All of them. <laughs> all of them. They all hold. But that's part of the game. I mean, if it wasn't holding, in, if it wasn't holding me, I'd have, like, 30 sacks easy. <laughs> I'm sure that you would. Tell us what you're doing with Old Spice. and what you're I'm doing. here with uh, Old Spice, um, Ultra Smooth. And, you know, on the football field, you got to be rough and tough. But off the football field, I like to stay low-key, and I want to have a, a, a scent that's not overpowering without compromising the performance. So Old Spice, Ultra Smooth is good stuff. You have a Super Bowl prediction for the game? I got the 49ers by 10. By 10? Yeah, that's not really. I got really... the Niners too, but not by 10. That's amazing. Okay. My bad. My bad. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, don't I know mean, we know how. I mean, we know how. I to... just hope we're right. I hope that they're the team that wins. I mean, we know how to. We know how the Chiefs come back. They've come back from 24, 20. They're, I mean, it's not probably the safest pick to go with the 49ers, but I just, I just like it. I just feel it. Defense wins championships. Defense, yeah. and he knows that better than anybody. He won one himself, and he was a big reason why. Von Miller, thank you for taking the time to join us here on Fantasy Football Today. Go check out Old Spice and everything that Von Miller is doing. Coming up next, we're going to be joined by another guy who Von Miller one day is going to be in the Hall of Fame. The guy who was or is a Hall of Famer, that's Emmett Smith, one of the best running backs ever, will be joining us here on CBS Sports HQ. You don't want to miss that conversation. We'll break down the Cowboys and some running backs around the NFL. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. 